Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, hello, and welcome back into the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And this is Casey. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Oh, I'm excited. It's been a while since we've talked MCU on this show. I feel like we went for a stint there for it was like non-stop it was like four or five episodes in a row and then it just suddenly stopped well part know? of it is like you know we we had all the shows in there as well and then you kind of mm-hmm. went off from the shows and so we weren't doing you know we we yeah. haven't talked about you know ms marvel or she hulk or anything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you just haven't watched them and ultimately i'm i'm not like you know I mean, I, maybe I'll do an episode on them at some point, you know, by myself or with another person. But um, I feel like we can kind of, in some cases, wrap it into a lot of our movie talks. So, yeah, well, I will say something we were talking about the last time we talked Marvel, Matt. I think we were a little ahead of the game, but I think it, I think others are starting to come around to it. I think there is a general superhero slash mcu malaise about among much of the fandom yes they're still there and i think people are still watching them but the the uber hype that that really got us to um uh, infinity war and and then ultimately um the other one whose name is escaping me uh the uh, end game end game yeah (laughs) uh, which got us to end game i think that uber hype i think i think we i think we as a as an audience have kind of moved away. that appetite has shifted a little bit and i think we called it a year ago even and i think i've read some articles online that others are saying the same thing at this point i think it's just going to be tough to duplicate that kind of hype 100%. because the mcu when it started was born out of nothing and now and it culminated in this epic conclusion of a story Whereas now you're trying to take an existing universe, Mm -hmm. introduce new characters, and pump up this big story. And I will say, the events of Wakanda Forever and some of these other shows and movies are starting to kind of push us towards, okay, I see where there's going to be some conflict Mm -hmm. down the road. I kind of see where this is going. But it still is, I mean, ultimately, I think, I think Black Panther, like this is the end of phase four. And Wait, I couldn't I tell you anything no, no, about I, phase four. Well, I was just going to say that, that I, you know, we've gone through now four phases of the Marvel cinematic universe. And I, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but there is a large general consensus that phase four has probably been the worst of the four of them because there's not been and I want to be very careful here because I, I this is not a criticism of MCU or of Feige. They one, two, and three, especially three, was such a monumental success that even they couldn't top that. Like no one else could, but even the people who did it couldn't. And so it was it was almost like doomed. It's kind of funny I'm using that word. We'll get to that in a little bit. It was doomed to fail or at least doomed to struggle. Cause I don't want to call phase for a failure, but it's definitely in terms of the, where it's at, it has struggled. And I think, and we're going to get into black Panther here in a minute. Cause that's the whole point of why we're doing this episode. I think part of that was pandemic related. I think part of that was just 
it's hard to overcome the successes or to top the successes you already had. And again, you're dealing with an audience that isn't necessarily so focused on the comics, yet you're bringing a lot more comic lore into it. And I would also argue, and then I'm curious your thoughts, while I think this is pandemic related, I would also argue that the pandemic also maybe helped phase four a little bit too. Like we would have gotten a lot of this a year and a half ago, a year and a half sooner than we did or in a different order. And I think people were, I think the appetite for, for movies like this had already started to sour before the pandemic. The pandemic gave us a little bit of a break. So I think in a lot of ways it actually helped it a little bit, especially the stuff on Disney plus, but either way it was very difficult for even the Marvel Studios to top its own success as we moved into phase four. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely, I mean, the pandemic changes things, but I think you're right. It 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 was bad in the in the terms of like, it, it, the pandemic changed how we have to work, but I we've talked about this, where the, the reason that shows like WandaVision and other shows like that were so popular, don't get me wrong, they were great shows, but we were just so hungry for content, for new content. Forget Marvel. We were just hungry for new content. I do okay, think one of the things speaking I want I, of that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, um, I, you I had said you couldn't sh- remember what the phase four content was. Go ahead and do your thing, and I'm going to read it to you real quick. I want to do a She-Hulk uh, uh, spoiler here. So, again, spoilers for She-Hulk. Um, so, one of She-Hulk's big things in the comics, she is a fourth wall breaker. And uh, and that happens in the show. <clears throat> and this culminates in the final episode where all this stuff starts to happen. It's a classic Marvel. It, it's funny because Marvel goofs on themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's this classic Marvel, you know, epic end. And all of a sudden she goes, wait, 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 this isn't right. And all of a sudden it cuts to the Disney Plus home screen. She breaks out of it and breaks into the real world. She <laughs> is walking around Walt Disney Animation Studios. You got the Seven Dwarves building behind <laughs> her. And it ends with her getting in. The, she gets into the writer's room and they're like, oh, you got to talk to Kevin about this. Like, you, you can't. You can't. You can't just do that. And and so she walks into Marvel Studios and she has to sign an NDA. And um, then this big reveal happens. And it turns out that Kevin is this automatic robot that's uh it's the k-e-v-i-n it's got a little hat on it i <laughs> um, love it that is great she talks about how no, no no we don't need this we don't need this kind of stuff and she's like asking all the questions she's like okay oh and and when are x-men coming in um and oh, wow. um and so they kind of goof on themselves of how well and, they, um, and that's like that's the kind of stuff that makes marvel i think successful in the way that it is because they're not taking themselves too seriously. They will when they need to, but they mm-hmm. also understand what they put together. So just real quick. You, yeah, what you was said, in phase four, please? So he, I'm going to read to you what has been in phase four. Now, mind you, this only dates back to 2021. Black Widow, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, I Am Groot, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and um, 
uh, Marvel Studio uh, special presentations, Werewolf by Night and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh, that's right. The holiday special is coming up. It is. It is. But my point is, no wonder you can't. I think one of the reasons why we have such a hard time tying what is phase four is because phases one, two and three, there was a lot of linear sense there. Well, and there Here, was an Avengers I mean, movie at the end of every one of those phases. That, that's the end fair. of phase that's one fair. was Avengers. The end of phase two was Avengers Age like, of Ultron. Like we're going into phase five now at the end of phase four without really any idea where we're going. I mean, thank God Kevin gave us kind of like where these Avengers movies are heading and, and thank God for quantum mania. And that's kind of given us a little bit. That said, as we transition to talking about Black Panther, I will say I really enjoyed Black Panther for the fact that it was just a movie to me that like I I know you said there's going to be some elements that tie into stuff in the future but for the movie for what it was I wasn't I finally was able to shake the curse of several of the other movies that I've had of how does this tie into the greater universe like other than the one little mention of Thanos in there when, when she mentions Thanos it really didn't feel tied to anything else at all. It was its own self-contained story, and I appreciated it for what it was. Well, that was one of the things I think people liked about the first Black Panther movie, Yep, is that it was very on its own, its own thing. Yes, it's referencing the outside world. Yes, it has references. Yes, it has some clues. But ultimately, it's its own movie. It's a standalone movie. You know, There's some MCU movies that you have to watch other movies in order to understand it. Mm-hmm. There's some that, you know, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is like this. Um, there's some other ones that are obviously, you know, the first ones are like this where you could just plug it in and go here, you know, watch this. You don't need all this other knowledge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the Black Panther movies definitely are like that. Yeah. So as we kind of go into this, let, let's just start there. General reactions to the movie. Let me give you just some stats real quick, because you all know I, I love stats. Uh, so the movie um, debuted uh, on November 11th. So it's been out for about nine days on the day that we're recording this, which is on the 20th. Um, it runs for about two and a half hours or so at a $250 million budget. It has grossed $546 million. Now that sounds like a lot of money, but I do want to remind everybody real quick. The original movie had a $200 million budget and grossed $1.3 billion. Um, I, I do not think that this movie is going to get anywhere near the original. Um, uh, I think there's a number of factors at play as to why, again, the, the pandemic is, is a big part of it. I also think that it was just released at the wrong time. Like, I think one of the reasons why the original Black Panther did as well as it did was it was set. Uh, was it, it was before Infinity War, right? Or was it after Infinity yeah. War? Oh yeah. Okay. It was right so, after. So, you know, so that's right. So it, it was, War. so, so it was. It was before Infinity War, so it was kind of caught before this big, bad, crazy thing. And it was a continuation in a lot of ways of this story. And um, not to mention it was also historically and culturally very important to have a superhero movie full of all minority characters, right? Um, Which was a huge thing where this one doesn't necessarily have that groundbreaking achievement again. Um, But for what it is, I don't know about you, Matt. I had a great time with it. I, I, I thought it was a great movie. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have very little complaints about it. If <laughs> any. <laughs> um, I have, I have one, which I'll get to, but yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I mean, 
one of the things that I wanted to see how they were going to do was how they were going to weave the Chadwick Boseman death into the story. Yes. Because unfortunately, when something happens like this, there's a clunky way to do it and there's a seamless way to do it. Yes. And I thought they picked a very good seamless way that it was a part of the story, but not the forefront of the story. That well, I think also to that point, I think the way that they meta worked in, there's a point where Shuri um, says something along the lines of like, to know that my big brother was dealing with this thing and alone, he didn't tell anybody like that just like yeah. gutted me because that's what was going on with Chadwick, right? Like he had this cancer and, and he, no one knew. No one knew until until it, it it killed him, right? And and I think in a lot of ways we all were Shuri. In a lot of ways, in that we we felt helpless when this thing happened. Yeah, like and that and the movie starts with like this helpless. I'm trying to help my brother with this yeah. sickness. I'm trying to save him, and then that weight plays throughout the rest of the movie without being my here was my fear is that that was going to be such a forefront Mm -hmm. that it was going to distract from, okay, we need to also now develop these characters and not just focus on Chadwick Boseman. Wonderful actor. We need to make sure that we, you know, move this story along too. I know that they had a script written for, for if Chad, Chadwick had been alive and I think much at least from what I can tell I could see how many of the plot elements of this could have very easily been able to be used with him alive right um and I also can see how they changed certain things to represent you know like little things like you know um uh like there's a scene there's there's a point in there where where the, the the main villain um uh, no more no more um he um you know he says that you know your brother you know openly made us vulnerable by telling people our secrets or whatever about the you know and in my mind i'm like i could see how that scene would play out if chadwick were alive and if that was he was talking to the black panther about that right but yeah. there are other elements too and, and we'll get to that where i can it, it definitely had to have been a little bit of a heavy lift to try to rewrite how that works without him um i think what I liked about it uh, even more so is that um, like it wasn't heavy handed, but it was just enough to make you feel, yeah, that th- this nation is a nation in crisis and like, they don't know what the next, what w- what their next step is or, or um, I-, I give all the props in the world to, um, and oh my God, Angela Bassett just, Oh my gosh. Her, her, uh, she does not get, I know it's hard for superhero movies to get nominations at the Academy Awards, but if she does not get an Oscar nod for the way she portrays, um, the queen, um, as that Rwanda, opening speech that oh. she gives at the UN and then just the mic drop of like, here are your mercenaries. And oh man, I was uh, honestly, yes. like this sounds bad. I, I maybe those doesn't sound bad. I'm 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 staying by it. That was the best scene in the movie for me. I, I'll yeah, be honest. It was like, great. That was Angela really, really Bassett great. scene. There there's a lots of other great things, great moments. It's full of great stuff, but that scene was just beautifully done. 
oh, th- that, yeah, the way it was all put together. The other scene that completely rips my heart out is when Shuri gets caught and she's stripping Okaye of her general status. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, 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 the palpable feeling. And she's like, I am queen of the most powerful nation on the planet. And I have, and, and she's like, you know, I have lost every member of my family. Have I not suffered enough? Like, Oh my God. Like I remember seeing that in the trailer, but to see it on, again, if she does not get an Oscar nod for this, it will be a true shame because her portrayal is just, Oh my, it's just spot on the whole cast, but she just, Oh, she epitomizes yeah, yeah. it. Well, and I think her and, um, you know, uh, Letitia Wright, I think one of the things they realized very quickly was with Chadwick gone, they were going to have to carry a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I even think, again, spoiler alert, as usual, the line too when Namor kills the queen, like mm-hmm. bury your dead, you're the queen now. That moment just. Oh. Well, that's the other character. I mean, Namor, um, uh, in the actor who plays him, who I'm going to find right now, uh, Tanoke Horta, again, if we don't see an Oscar nod for him as a supporting actor, Again, crying shame. He, you know, Matt, you, you, you have had this theory going for a long time, the villain's theory. How does he stack up in terms of a MCU villain comparative? He has the potential. I've thought about this a lot. He has the potential to become a Loki-like villain. Mm-hmm. Because this mm-hmm. is not, you know, this is an introduction. This yeah. is an introduction. We, we have not seen the last of him. And so the cool thing about what made Loki such a great villain was we saw him again and again and again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he he flirted with hero, villain, pro, you know, per anti-hero, like skirted those lines. This is exactly what Namor has the ability to do. Yeah. Which is okay, in this movie, he's the antagonist. He's the villain. But uh, there's probably a a point down in the road where he might become an ally. And he references Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. like, well, Mm -hmm. Wakanda's might, you know, might need to come to us to ally. Um, You know, and, and, and he might be someone who is an ally and then is only an ally up until this point. And then is like, well, I'm not into this anymore. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. I love how they change the character to this Mayan Mexican. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that vibe that they did with it. Um, it, that it, scene, that scene when the, um, uh, the, the black ops team is out there and they're, 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 they're mining that uranium or they think they found that uranium, that scene where all of those black ops, um, people hear the sirens and they start jumping off of the boat. Like at first, like Nate was with me. He's like, wait, what? I'm like, they're sirens. They're sirens. Like, cause I was like, that's exactly what they're, they're calling them to their death. And, yeah. and, 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 and Nate, Nate has this thing. He hates seeing death in, in movies. He can do it in video games all day long, but movies, it gets to him. He's like, Oh my God, that's horrible. I'm like, yeah, it's absolutely horrible. I, I just, again, that was one of those moments that was just so well done. I really am excited to kind of see where they go with that character um and, and that alliance and i think another thing that marvel did really well with his character is that it it, it he it, it, they made him 
sympathetic, like, or yeah. Oh, yeah. like, like I, I f- truly felt that he had some just, um, or, or, or some rationale for why he felt the way he felt and that the colonizers had done all this stuff to him, you know? Exactly. His, his and it just one like he he is going to be I, I don't know if you we can necessarily call him a true villain mm-hmm. long term, but oh man, in this movie, just wonderful. I mean, I already mentioned the one line. Um it, like you said, like the whole he has a point. You know, it's not just it's not just the normal, I want to take over the world, I want to mm-hmm. do this, I want to do that. Like there is a clear <clears throat> reason why he's doing what he's doing yep it makes sense as to why he's doing that and it's something that the audience can go oh yeah i kind of see why you're doing this instead of just like "Ah, i just uh, like i always use ant-man as as the perfect example where yellow jack is just ah i'm just you know Mm -hmm. a corrupt businessman and the the person before me didn't love me enough ha ha now i'm gonna be evil it's like okay i guess Uh, yeah yeah it just that just doesn't land whereas this really hits and and be able to see like go to atlantis and see everything and and see the people where you know sure he goes and sees the kids that are playing the people that are shopping the people that are interacting with each other this Mm -hmm. is not just like some big bad again mindless uh uh mindless army that that we have to defeat these are real people with a real civilization that namor is trying to protect Yep. I got to also just shout out um, Dominique Thorne, who played uh, Riri, the the MIT student. I mean, what an amazing, what an amazing, um, uh, like, just, again, performance. And I I can't wait to see more from from her and the character, which I believe is Ironheart. Is that Ironheart? Yep. TV yes. show coming. So, so I can't wait to see more from her and and what she delivers as well. Um, I, again, th- this cast was just spectacular. W- was just absolutely spectacular in the way that they performed these characters. Um, the visuals were were oh my god, the visuals were stunning. Those scenes with those water bombs. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Well, yeah. and even just like the the water destruction, um, yeah, I yeah. thought it was really really well done. The underwater scenes looked very very cool. Yep. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I was um, excited but- to see uh, Richard Schiff. I'm a huge Richard Schiff fan. He's he's the one who played the um, defense secretary, or or um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's from the West Wing, and as I've stated before, I'm a huge West Wing fan. So to see Richard Schiff, I was like, oh my god, I was probably the only one in this theater. It's like Richard Schiff, <laughs> like, like from who is this guy? But he, it was fun to kind of see him in kind of a villainous role. I don't want to say villainous, but kind of a antagonist kind of way, you know. Which you know the the government entities in the MCU always seem to kind of be that way. Well, and that's kind of, it seems like where we're moving. I I don't want to go too far into this because I want to hear your dislikes, but we're starting to see that this ground war of the world wants access to vibranium Mm -hmm. and there are two nations that Mm -hmm. are hesitant to give away a lot of secrets. And so what that is causing is the governments to say, well, then we're going to take it by force. And so this is one of those groundwork things that you're seeing is this is probably going to be a very common theme in phases five and six, which is 
you have these governments that are trying to obtain vibranium and these two nations that are trying to defend the resource of vibranium. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and again, that's what it was starting to set itself up for. Um, before, before we go to my, my dislike, um, uh, did you know that Michael Michael B. Jordan was going to be reprising his role in this? I did not. That was the one big like <laughs> reveal that when yeah. he turned around, like I'm expecting to see some kind of like rendering of Chadwick Boseman. We I have was the technology too. that we could absolutely 3D, you know, someone's face or you know make it look like him. We have enough audio of him speaking but that we. Feige, could... Feige said he wasn't going to do that. Feige was adamant that he was not going to render. He was not going to use CGI. He was not going to do that to Chadwick. That he had too much. He had too much respect for him to do that. Um, it. I, I wasn't. I thought maybe we'd see her mom. Yeah. I thought maybe we'd even see Ch- uh, not Chaka, uh, uh his dad. Um, I did not expect to see Killmonger, but I did think that it was a, um, it, it was a great way to set up what type of Black Panther that Shuri was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 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 kind of how that's what she goes into the third act as I'm going to kill this guy. And then, you know, last second does the never mind. I'm not like, this is not, I'm yep. not going to do this out of revenge. And that kind yep. of completes that arc and again, moves now sets her character up for yes, more growth. So, all right. Um, let's do favorite parts. What was your favorite part? Oh goodness. Um, I mean, Angela Bassett speech, Namor like coming and just off in the queen and barrier dead. You're the queen now. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I, I thought, uh, let me, Oh my goodness. Um, I'm with you. I mean, I think we kind of talked yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Like that, I, I'm with you. More. I think those, I think those are probably similar to mine as well. I think I would add, I did like Shuri's approach of the idea of science in the tradition of the heart-shaped herb herb versus like going down and being buried in the sand she's like absolutely not there's no reason like i liked how she kind of took her own scientific approach on that i thought that was really well done um i do think that she was styling pretty good too in those threads when she was on that campus as well so um i think okoye also i liked a lot of she's humorous like she's got that deadpan humor that Mm. it it, it just it's i i love i think it was her who who said um something about at the end about you know well look at that a colonizer in handcuffs or something like that which i just (laughs) i I just i thought was just hilarious but i think they've got such a like they've almost got like a brother sisterly bond um uh, okoye and uh ross i think that's that's fun as well my one gripe is for a movie called Black Panther, we didn't see Black Panther until like the last 35 minutes. That is my one gripe. Like there was no Black Panther in the movie except for the, except for the last quarter of the movie. Yeah, there's very little Black Panther in this Black Panther movie. Agreed. <laughs> and I, like, here's the thing. I get it. Like, it's I do a... Too. It's a story piece where they, they, you know, obviously, again, you know, Killmonger burned all the herbs, so there's no way, or the flowers, so there's no way. Most of the movie is her trying to create this, and then, mm-hmm. you know, she meets this other civilization. That's what gives her the missing piece, all this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that, but, but you are right. I mean, because contrast that to the first one, 
first Black Panther movie opens up, we see a very extended Black Panther scene. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I just, I, I wasn't expecting to see Black Panther in the opening scene, but I was expecting to see something hopefully by the halfway point. And I was a little disappointed that, that we didn't do that. And again, I think had Chadwick been alive, it, it would have been a very different situation. I think, I think they, they weren't able to 100% tell the story that they wanted to tell with this particular movie a hundred percent because they had to, be able to work in the death of of uh, T'Challa into it. Um, what did you think of the reveal of his kid at the end? I think that's interesting to see what they're thinking with that. Mm-hmm. Because what that kid is eight, ten. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So depending on how quickly MCU time moves, he's probably you know eight to 10 years of MCU time to being mm-hmm. of Black Panther age. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious if that's kind of their fail safe on Black Panther is one of our most profitable characters. We need to make sure that Black Panther stays in the... That, that is 100% what that is. That, that, there's no doubt in my mind that that is Disney, that is Marvel Studios hedging their bet that if Shuri as black panther doesn't work out we can pass this mantle to another actor and continue to be the black Pan- black panther the and and, and I, there's no doubt in my mind that's what that is and yeah. I, I think i think it's i don't think disney or, or marvel would do it if it wasn't good storytelling as well but i think the good storytelling is the secondary motive to the fact that like to your point that black panther is one of the most profitable characters one of the most popular characters and if Shuri, and again, I, I, I absolutely love um, Letitia Wright, and I think she did an amazing job as Shuri. I do feel she was a little bit weaker as Black Panther, though. I do. I, 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 did, not, I did not feel as, as she carried the mantle as well as Chadwick did. But then again, they're two different characters. Well, and you only saw it for what, 20 minutes? Exactly. Exactly. Whereas- he got introduced in Civil War, and then he had his whole movie, and then he had Infinity War, and that like that's like that. fair, yeah. I, yeah. I you know what? That's like, a good point. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Shuri's just such a badass anyway. Like on yeah. her own, like giving her the Black Panther costume, I think, um, in in many ways, probably maybe is a little bit of a disservice to to her as well, a character. I, I was honestly about to say, like honestly, I want to see more of Shuri in the lab doing these yeah, technology yeah. things, showing off her smarts than I do her in the Black Panther suit. It's great to see her in the Black Panther suit, but do more of that fun science stuff. I like exactly, that. Exactly. A hundred percent. Well and then of course there is the the, the 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 final credit scene, the one that happens after the credits, which I was given wrong information. I was told there was not a second credit scene, so we didn't stay for the second credit scene. I was very disappointed. Oh, I did not either. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, you didn't hear about that. So I would just go ahead and tell you. So apparently it introduces Dr. Doom. Really? Yes. Really? So, so I will go ahead and read it to you real quick. So okay. um, right here. Uh, do, 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 do. Where's this at? Where's this at? I thought I read this. Uh, why is that not showing up? Uh, hold on. Uh, Wakanda forever. Okay, I'm 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 also googling. Interesting. Okay, hold on a second. Actually, there's some 
Yeah, oh, I hold on here. Okay, so I'm gonna pause. So then maybe the information I got was accurate. So so I always do this thing when I come home from a movie, the first thing I do is look at Wikipedia and kind of look through all the production notes and everything. When I read this last week on Sunday, it talked about the scene. It's gone now. So I just found an article. The leaked Wakanda Forever post-credit Doctor Doom scene has reportedly been cut from the movie. If you remember, there was a leaked pre-visit shot of Doctor Doom appearing to make his MCU debut in a post-credit scene. It was backed up by almost all Marvel insiders. However, the last 40 hours become apparent the barside buzz around the scene has been cut. Apparently, he says something like this, this, you know, this earthly uh, quest to find vibranium is going to doom humanity. And then it pulls back and it shows Dr. Doom or something. Okay. Okay. But, um, but I guess it wasn't there then. Huh? Weird. Like I said, I read it on Wikipedia's post, like it, it gave the, um, the summary, but it's not there anymore. So maybe it did get cut. Who knows? I mean, huh. It, that's one of those. I don't I think feel so bad is, anymore. <laughs> well, this is one of those constantly changing things. Yeah. Where it may have been in there, and then they decided, you know what, it's not quite the right time. Yeah, yeah. It's. I interesting. mean, I I would say the things that I read, I would not be surprised if Doctor Doom does show up in an in some type of antagonizing role because of the vibranium arms race. There's a lot of comics based on this. It would make sense that he being a Supervillain in charge of a nation. Again, that whole like nation to nation thing. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of Latveria. And so you have this I want to gather vibranium to buff up my own nation. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it makes sense. Like it's easy to see how they could take the storyline this way. And while I think Kang the Conqueror is your big baddie, I think what's going to be interesting is how they're going to weave in some of these other antagonists that could possibly become allies based on what happens in a secret war Kang dynasty type thing. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you want to add about Black Panther before we wrap up the show? I don't think so. Anything like I I was trying to think of anything other future things. I mean, you got Dr. Doom in there. We got T'Challa. We got um, the vibranium wars. You know, I mean, now... Now, I think as we move into the next phase with Quantumania being like the next movie in February, that to me seems like the most forward of like, all right, here's Kang. We're introducing this. Here we go. Well, plus we got what Loki season two coming up next year, too. Isn't that's coming up next year? But I, I, I don't think there's any more Marvel things for the rest of you besides the holiday special. Um, yeah. And like maybe a couple other things here and there, but I, I think it's it's we're mostly wrapped up until, which I think is okay. I am too. It's okay. You know, it's funny. I, I I never really was a huge fan of the Ant Man franchise, but I got to admit, I'm kind of excited about Quantum Mania coming up. I, I I really saw the preview for that. I was pumped. You know what I'm really excited about that's coming out here soon. The Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> the, the trailer played for that was the first time I saw it on the big screen. I was, and I'm just like enthralled by 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 this on uh, oh, yeah. non Disney property because of all the different all the different IP in the world. I think we talked about this a couple a couple weeks ago. Of all the different IP in the world next to Disney, Super Mario and Nintendo is probably the next closest, most recognizable. I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, but. All right. Well, Matt, I think it's uh, closing time. 
If you all would like to get a hold of us, you can do that by emailing us at beersandears1928 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at beersears1928. Um, at least for the time being, you can find us on Twitter at beersears1928. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But at the moment, you can find us on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, Beers and Ears Podcast. Um, Beers and Ears Podcast is also sponsored by Magical Memories by Casey, part of Main Street and More Travel. Um, I actually was running late for my recording with Matt today because I was in the process of finishing up a booking for someone. Um, here's the thing. Using a travel agent is not cheating. And if anything, it's just kind of an extra helping hand. Whether you just want someone to book the stuff for you and you still want 100% control of the planning, sure, no problem. You want someone to help you plan or make your park reservations or help you navigate the craziness of the Genie Plus a travel agent can do that. Um, I've even got connections for special VIP tours. We talked about that last week, whether it's through Disney um, or through other um, VIP connections. Um, if you're looking for someone to really kind of hold your hand as you go through the parks, I can do that as well. And I do other things besides Disney as well. I, I'm booking a all-inclusive in Mexico uh, this week. I booked an all uh, a visit to Brussels for a friend a couple weeks ago. Ooh. I can do cruises. Um, I can do random trips to Kennebunkport, Maine, if you'd like to go up there. So there's all kinds of um, uh, things that we can do. And, and using a travel agent doesn't cost you anything extra, but you can get the the, the experience of the person who's helping. So uh, check me out on facebook.com slash magical Casey, um, or you can email me at Casey Woolley. That's C-A-S-E-Y-W-O-O-L-E-Y at MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. And of course, Matt, there's our website, sorcerernetwork.com. It's got all kinds of cool stuff on it. It's got your Twitch channel. It's got your yep. blogs. It's got yep. all of our um, episodes organized by category. Episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's got and... your mistress podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> can honestly play. We're, in we're in terms of our, our holidays. And so we just did uh, one on the pooping log. The, um, wait, what? Nice... Wait, ho ho uh, time out. The what? The, you heard me right. It is a tradition called the pooping log. The pooping log like you log when you poop it, no no like it's a log like yeah a, a, a physical log that you feed candy and then you hit it with a stick and it poops it out <laughs> go look it up or go listen to the podcast <laughs> the pooping I'm, I'm yes looking. yes just google the pooping log the pooping wow this is a yeah thing. It's this little log. It's got a face covered by a blanket. How in the world did you find this? Like, <laughs> like, like, was this a tradition in your home? No, or no, no, no. Chris's we, home? No, or... no. You, you, you Google the right thing and you find some weird stuff. Our Google search histories, me and Chris's Google search histories are I don't very think strange. I have seen anything more disturbing than those crazy long furbies that you talked about a couple seasons ago <laughs> like this takes the cake man there's a whole oh song my... too there, wait there's a, pooping, there's a pooping yeah there's song. a song that you sing while you hit the log with a stick and it okay. poops out candy you are editing this episode i expect that to be the end song when, when okay i'll uh... see what i'll see if i can find it again i have to go into the deep recesses <laughs> of my history <laughs> good lord okay well so yeah there the you go log. that the episode's up log. right now you can hear us talk about it 
Well, uh, if you were listening to this on Tuesday, Thanksgiving is on Thursday, and I think I can speak for Matt and say that we are thankful for every one of you and being part of our community. We really do appreciate you taking the time to spend, you know, a half an hour to an hour with us once a week and hear us ramble about things that we, we nerd out about. So, yeah, <laughs> happy, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Matt, can we get an honorary gobble gobble from you? Gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's raise our glasses, Matt. This episode's been on us. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.